Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. series called God in the Movies, where we uh, take various popular films that are in uh, the theaters or had come out that year, and then we look at clips of those movies, and then we really see what might God say to us through those movies, because we believe that God is the author of all truth, and when we find truth anywhere, we can claim it and then be able to learn from it. Well, I've been wanting to do the same thing, but with music. And so this series is all about taking popular songs or maybe even some classic songs. Who knows where this will go? But uh, we're going to be listening to a couple clips of songs and then again asking, what might God say to us through them? Because I believe that your favorite song has more to say. Um, And so each week we're going to explore a new song. And I encourage you to listen to the song before you get here um, so that you'll have some idea of what the song is. But also during our meet and greet each week. We're going to play that song that's assigned to that particular week, so you'll hear it, and then we're all going to play uh, clips of them throughout the message uh, as well each week. But in case you want to maybe write them down, here are the songs that we're going to be doing throughout this uh, month, and then you can find them on Spotify. You could go to YouTube, anywhere. They're all over the place, but here they are. So this week is I'm Born to Run by American Authors. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Next week is a song called Ain't No Rest for the Wicked. It's one of my actually really favorite songs, but it's called uh, Ain't No Rest for the Wicked. It's by a band called Cage the Elephant. And then we're going to be doing on Easter Sunday a song by Lauren Daigle, a song is called You Say, which I think is going to be a really powerful message that week. And then we're going to finish up with my incredible wife, Heather, preaching uh, that week on a song called Shallow by Lady Gaga, which if you're familiar, unless you've been living under a rock, that song is all over the internet uh, or all over the the radio. It's from that new movie, A Star is Born, very popular uh, movie and song. So, But this week we're beginning with a song called I'm Born to Run by uh, American Authors. This is, in case you, you probably heard it a minute ago, an incredibly catchy, energetic, bouncy song um, that's just full of life and full of energy. The song is really about um, this this desire, this urge to experience the world around us and really the best of what the, what the world has to offer, this, this, this desire to see the world, the desire to, to experience places and people and, and just everything that the world has to offer. And this really resonates with me as an individual. I know that everybody is different, but I, I believe that there is an innate desire inside of every one of us to experience the world around us. We value beauty. We value um, meaningful relationships. We, we have a craving or a hunger inside of each one of us to experience the world around us in some form or fashion. Um, some of us, it's a feeling of travel. It's kind of that where the word wanderlust comes from. It's this, this just kind of innate hunger or desire or urge to experience and wanting to experience things around. Well, my wife and I, just a few years ago, two years actually ago to this week, I found out on Facebook, uh, Facebook is always nice and reminds us of the things that we have done. And so this week, two years ago, my wife and I took our 15th anniversary trip to Ireland. Uh, and what we actually did was we rented a car 
and we drove all the way around through Northern Ireland and Republic of Ireland, all the way around to various cities every night, stopping at a new place and staying at, at B&Bs, not Airbnbs, actual bed and breakfast, um, and experienced incredible sights and beauty. And, and it was just such a high, like the high of experiencing some incredible, what the world's most beautiful scenery uh, to, has to offer. And then, you know, meeting people and experiencing different cultures. And, and so this concept of what we see in the song of the, the songwriter is telling us about the things that he feels like he's born to experience that resonates with me. Um, in fact, we're going to listen to the very first uh, two verses of the song, and I want you to just kind of listen and pick out some of the, the moments that, he's, that their songwriter is saying about that he has an urge to experience. Let's play it. I'm born to run down rocky cliffs, give me grace, bury my sins, shattered glass. So some of the lyrics that we just saw right there were, he's born to run down rocky cliffs, right? He's seeing yellow hills, valleys deep. He's talking about black holes. I think what I'm seeing from this writer is this world that's around us. I mean, you could just look outside the windows right here and see all sorts of different scenery, trees and hills. If you look on uh, Google Earth is actually a really cool thing. If you've ever gone to, out onto the internet and use their uh, functionality, you can see in a 3D version of the earth. And when you click on a spot, it kind of dives in and it, uh, in a, in a 3D fashion, it lets you see the incredible world that we live in. And if you've ever watched the show Cosmos on uh, TV or on Netflix, it's just, it's just kind of illustrates the amazing universe that we live in. And so this song is talking about this urge, right? This desire to see and experience the world around us. And what I want to say to you is that that's a good thing. It's a good thing to want to experience uh, the world. In fact, I would go as far as to say that we are created to know God and to enjoy his creation. If you want to turn to Genesis chapter 1, we're going to see a few different passages of Scripture today. But we're going to see in Genesis 1 where first God had just created, we saw this narrative that where God created in six days the earth and the, the waters and the mountains and the oceans and the trees and plant life and animal life and people. And then in verse 31, Genesis 1, 31, it says, God saw all that he made and it was very good indeed. So right away, we see that what God created was actually considered to be a good thing. But then in Job chapter 37, uh, his friend, Job is talking, or his friend is talking to Job. Job is sick. He's in a lot of pain. Uh, he's not enjoying his life. He's going through the ringer in his life right now. And look what Job's friend says to him in verse 14. Job 37, verses 14 to 16. He says, listen to this, Job. Stop and consider God's wonders. Stop and consider God's wonders. And he asks him, do you know how God directs his clouds or makes the lightning flash? Do you understand how the clouds float those wonderful works of him who has perfect knowledge? What, what Job's friend is essentially saying to him is, is your life might be a mess. 
Your life might be in shambles right now. But stop and look around and see that there is something bigger than you, that there is beauty in the world, that thunder and lightning is actually beautiful, that the mountains and the the seas and the valleys are pretty, that maybe even the cities that man creates are beautiful. And there's a reason why for it. Is it because we are created to know God and to experience his creation. We are actually wired to experience God through creation. And the reason for that is because it's part of who we are, but it's actually an invitation to experience him. Creation, the way that we see it, the whether it's sitting on your back porch and seeing a little caterpillar crawl across your wooden sort of like porch, or whether you're standing on top of a mountain peak, or whether you're looking through a telescope and seeing, you know, starry skies, or whether you're, you know, in Tokyo, as we're going to see in, in later in the song, you know, when they, he has a desire to travel to Paris and to Tokyo. Wherever you go, whether it's man-made creations or it's, uh, you know, incredible natural wonders, all of it reflects a part of who God is, his creative character. And it acts as an invitation to get to know the source of it. So this guy who's writing this song about wanting to run down rocky cliffs and to to experience these yellow valleys and these beautiful scenery is actually an innate desire that each one of us have built inside of us that is designed to experience God and to draw us closer to him. It reflects his desire for us to experience him. So the question then says, well, what do we do? What do we do with this urge inside of us? When we like, I want to go see the world. I want, to, I want to experience something good. How do we respond to that? What does the Bible say to us? Well, the Bible talks to us and says that we should direct it to God. If you'd open your Bibles to Psalm 104. This is uh, the psalmist in this entire chapter is really kind of talking about all the good things that God has created, some of the amazing wonders of the earth. And we're going to hit just a couple of verses in them to see what our response is. We recognize, yeah, you know, I want to go to that city. I want to go travel here. I want to go hiking so I can see this riverbed. I want to see mountain. I love when I experience those types of things. What do we do with it? Psalm 104, verse 1. This is the psalmist talking to himself. Remember we talked about a lot of the psalms where he's like commanding his own self? This is what he says. My soul, bless the Lord. He's like, hey, you, Jared, bless the Lord. Praise God. Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with majesty and splendor. Now skip down to verse 24. He says, how countless are your works, Lord, in wisdom, you have made them all, all the things that he just talked about. The earth is full of your creatures. So bless God for what we see in the earth. Verse 33, he says, I will sing, right? He's directing this like overwhelming gratitude, this joy, this this high of experience of the world around him. He says, I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God while I live. And look at this in verse 34. This is interesting. May my meditation be pleasing to him. This is where we see it right here, that it's actually a good thing to consider the world around us. It's actually a good thing to give God glory and praise and to wonder about it. Wow, like, look, it's amazing. Look at how the, 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 the stars are in the sky, and there's so many of them. God created them, giving him glory for that, pondering our existence in the world. Sometimes it make you feel small, but that can actually be a good thing. To, to know that the creator of the entire universe who created this incredible vastness knows my name, 
right? And so the psalmist is saying, may my meditation, may me going on a hike, may me taking a trip to another country, may me sitting in the backyard of my house and enjoying the peacefulness or the quietness of it, me going to a new city and exploring a new, a new neighborhood, may that and the feeling that I get from experience, it may that be pleasing to the Lord if we direct it to honor him. That's what the psalmist is saying here. I will rejoice in the Lord. And the reason for that is because everything that we see paints a picture of who God is. In Romans chapter 1, verse 20, it says that. It literally says the same thing. It says, for his invisible attributes, God's invisible attributes, that is his eternal power, his divine nature, who he is, the very concept of who God is, the elements of what he is, what he's like, his character, how he operates, has been clearly seen since the creation of the world being understood through what he has made. So we get a picture of who God is when I look at that tree. We get a picture of God's creative nature with his love for beauty, his artistic design, when we see a beautiful picture of art in an art gallery. When we hear a song that just gets the emotions going, when we want to tap our feet, when we want to dance, when we go to a concert, right? All of this is is pointing back to the creator who designed our very bodies to experience them and to have emotional responses to them, to have intellectual, analytical responses to them. All of it is designed for us because the rest of that verse is so that we are without excuse. It's talking about how humanity, people say, I don't know if God exists. And it says, no, no, no. The very existence of the earth around us proves that God exists, right? And so this idea is that we are wired in our very nature to know who God is. And so here's the thing is that we have all of these feelings. We have this draw, this desire, this wanderlust, whatever. It's a good thing to recognize the wonder and the beauty of the world in and around us and also the innate desire to experience it. In fact, recognizing the source of that desire as an invitation to know its creator and directing our wonder and praise to him is the purpose of why we have that feeling in the first place. It's all designed to make us want to know our God. Now, I want to look at the songwriter's response in the chorus because I think that this is where sometimes people go wrong, right? So let's listen to the chorus and, the, and hear how he responds to the world around him, and then we're going to talk about that in a second. Let's take a listen. So I think this song exudes a really pure and righteous motivation, right, that we talked about, this idea of wanting to experience everything around us. But I really think it's ultimately misguided. I think this song is misguided. You'd be like, well, what do you mean? Like, I don't understand. It's really a fun song. It's catchy. Now, maybe I'm being over, over analytical, and it's quite possible because I am oftentimes over-analytical about things. But some of the lyrics in the song are wrapped up in this like catchy hook, right, that just gets you bouncing your head. And this happens all the time on the radio. We were just, uh, I was talking to Heather about it. You know, so many of the songs that we sing are actually talking about things that are pretty horrible, actually, sometimes. But we're like, 
bouncing her head because it's really catchy, right? And this song, while it's not horrible, I think is actually misguided in a lot of ways. And the reason for that is this, is because the lyrics of the song, particularly in the chorus, push us away from a wise and prescribed way of living, right? Now, what do I mean by that? Here are some lyrics that maybe you caught and it was hard to hear for the first time, but he says things like, I want to live like I'm going to die young, like it's never enough. I want to spend my life or my time like tomorrow won't come. I'm going to do whatever I like. I'm going to be careless even if I break my bones. Now, maybe that's just figurative language, right? And we know, okay, in poetry and songs, figurative language is, is obviously a, a, an incredible element of it that kind of paints pictures. And so what the writer is trying to say is this idea of the, like, I want to experience it the fullest, and it doesn't matter if I get hurt along the way. That's fine. But here's what I would say, is that I think it actually comes from the same spirit of YOLO, right? YOLO, which is you only live once, right? What do I mean by that? In other words, do whatever I want at any cost because tomorrow might never come. And here are some real world examples of what this is like and how it shows up in our lives. And maybe you struggle with this because I know that I do and sometimes. For example, I want to spend money that I don't have because I want to experience this thing right now. I'm going to go into debt over it. Maybe I'm going to sleep with somebody that I just met because I want that experience. It doesn't really matter. Who cares? I want to quit my job because I don't like it or because it's hard. I want to find a new spouse because this person's not doing it enough for me. And frankly, life is too short. I want to break commitments. I want to eat unhealthy. Sometimes we even hear people say things like, well, I'm not going to like, you know, not pollute the earth. I don't care. I'm not going to, I'll litter or I don't care about my car or any of those types of things because I'll be dead long before the earth has a problem, right? These are the kinds of things that we see. I want to enjoy life at all costs. In fact, in Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 15, Solomon seems to talk about YOLO in the Bible. This is what he says in Ecclesiastes 8, 15. He says, so I commended enjoyment because there is nothing better for a person under the sun than to eat, to drink and enjoy himself. Like he's basically saying, YOLO, for this will accompany him in his labor during the days of his life that God gives under the sun. He's like, this life can be hard and it sucks and we only get a certain amount of time, so enjoy it, Right? So what's the problem? YOLO is in the Bible. So if the Bible says it, what's, what's the problem? Well, as always, it's the heart. The perspective that shapes and drives our actions, right? The perspective behind it. Look at what Jesus has to say about the YOLO mentality. Luke chapter 12, Jesus is telling a story about a man who seemingly has everything. He's got all sorts of money. He builds houses. He's got everything that he needs. He has more than enough that he needs, right? And then he says to himself, you know what? I've got it. I'm good. I have arrived. I have, I'm fine. I've got all that I need. I can enjoy my life. He says, I'm just going to sit back. I'm going to chill, and I'm going to do nothing else. I'm going to enjoy myself. This is what he says in Luke 12, verse 19. He says, then I'll say to myself, you have many goods stored up for many years. Take it easy. Eat drink, and enjoy yourself. Is that not exactly what we just heard in Ecclesiastes? We heard Solomon say, that's a good thing. But here's what Jesus says in verse 20. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded of you, and things that you have prepared, whose will they be? That's how it is with the one who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So what's the problem here? 
Right? We see these two sides to the song. One side is like, yes, I want to enjoy the world. I want to experience it. I want to go on a hike. I want to go downtown to the strip district and see the bustling life of people and the creative works that people have put on display either to purchase or go to art galleries. I want to sit down by the river. I want to go on a bike ride. I want to go to another city. Whatever. Is that a problem? No, that's not the problem. Right? Is, that, is it problem? Is it wrong with me? Should I feel guilty for wanting to experience it? Should I feel guilty because I have things? Like this story of this guy seems to indicate that he had things. And Jesus is like saying that because he had them, that there's a problem, that he should have spent his money elsewhere. I don't think so. The reason that we have a problem is that Jesus is saying, you're missing the point. You're missing the entire point of why I created the earth in the first place or why you have all the things that you have. It's a misguided response to a divine nudge. A misguided response to a divine nudge. We have actually been commanded to enjoy life, but it's not about doing whatever we want recklessly at any cost. You see, God wants us to have a wider perspective, a perspective that actually lasts a long time. We're not meant to be a flash in the pan. Like, I'm going to do anything that I can. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter who I hurt. It doesn't matter who I step on. It doesn't matter because tomorrow, you know what, I might not be here. Like, that's not the point. And the reality is, is that each one of us are actually created by God as well. So just as much as the mountains in the sky or the mountains or the clouds in the sky or the rivers that we see or the huge cities, as much as those are all beautiful displays of God's creative nature, so are we. And so when we do things that hurt other people or when we make decisions that hurt ourselves or our family members, we're actually doing a disservice to God's own creation as well. When we litter the earth or when we don't take care of it through sustainable methods or whatever that might look like, we're actually dishonoring God's creation that we want to say is beautiful and glorious and is awesome, right? So when we make decisions to say, you know what, it doesn't really matter. I'm just going to go ahead and spend that money that I don't have. Or when we don't take into consideration other people's feelings when we make decisions or when we decide to give up on our marriage or our relationships or we quit our jobs or whatever it might be, what we're actually doing is we're not operating under the principles that God created for us to live a long life that allows us to enjoy these things over a long period of time rather than just all in one space. And oftentimes what happens is we make these decisions and we leave a wake of destruction behind us. Now, most of us in the room are, you know, mature adults, and I get that, but this is a real problem for people in our world. The guy writing this song very well might be that kind of guy. He might be on tour with his band, who knows, maybe sleeping with people in the back room he never sees again, and that person goes home and has to live the rest of their life wondering about their self-value and their worth, and then for whatever reason, you see what I'm saying? Like, the decisions that this guy's making, he gets to travel all over the world, and he's enjoying it, but he might be destroying himself in the process because he's making bad decisions along the way, and before long, how many, how many rock stars have we heard of who die at the age of 30 because of drug overdoses or whatever? They push themselves to the limits. This concept of enjoying the world around us but not actually being drawn back to our creator to understand why is really destroying people. And so I think that this song particularly is catchy and it's awesome and it's fun. And I actually think if, if our hearts are directed in the right space, you can use this song as an anthem for your own life right? That like, I am going to enjoy my life. I am going to experience the world that God has created around me. I'm going to, to see those things. I'm going to step out into spaces and experience things, maybe even things that are not naturally comfortable for me. I'm going to go to a new city and I'm going to try to meet somebody new, or I'm going to experience new cultures and all of these kinds of things because it's an aspect of who God is. 
Because God's not just a white guy, right? God's not a black person. God is not a man. He's not a woman. God is, is, is everything that we see in us is made up of just a small fraction of God's character. So as we walk through our life, as we, we, we walk through our lives, we take the time and every day to honor God, honor what happens in our lives. And even the mundaneness, this is kind of something I want to close with, is that this song is talking about all the big moments of life, right? Going to, ter- to Tokyo, going to Paris, going and see mountains and walking through valleys. But what about when I'm at work? What about, what about you know, when I have bills I got to pay? What about when, when you know, I, I'm not enjoying my life or things are frustrating? What about when I've got a big project that I got to do and it's making me stay up late at night? How does that all fit in? Well, here's what I would say is that the mundane moments of our lives actually allow us to truly, like, really get into the moment of wonder and awe in the other moments. If your entire life is experience after experience after experience, we've seen this time and time again for people who have all the money to manufacture them is that eventually they get tired of it. They lose the entire wonder and awe of it. I remember hearing the story of the guy who created Minecraft Mojang. He had all the money that anyone could ever want. And he ended up disappearing for a few years. And then somebody did an article uh, to ask him an interview and what happened. And he said, I had everything. I had all people around me all the time. I built houses in all sorts of exotic locations all over the world. I traveled. There was not a place that I didn't see. And then it was all empty. Every bit of it was empty because he just wasn't directing it to the source. And I, I actually believe that because he didn't have any mundane aspects of his life. Every one of us are chasing something, right? The, 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 the natural tendency for us is, right now, my job is really boring. I want to find a new job, right? Or I don't have any money, and I, so I'm going to spend it because I want to go out and do something to make me feel better about my day. Every one of us has that draw and that urge, but here's what I want to encourage you to do, is that what Jesus, and this is what I believe that Jesus was trying to say in this passage of scripture about the man who who had everything. It's not that he had money. It's not that he had life and that he enjoyed it and he had the ability to experience new things. It's that when you're in the moment of mundaneness or when things are hard, if you just stick with it, and then you get to the moment, the opportunity to see something that's going to be like a breath of fresh air just flooding into your life. There have been days where I have been frustrated or I've been exhausted and Heather and I have gone out and sat on the back porch and just happened to see a pink color in the sky. And it was just like a breath of fresh air. Nothing really had shifted in my life or in my day except that the wonder of the moment took over. Now, if I had seen that sky every day, most likely I would probably take it for granted. That's the point here. Let's not live our lives like I'm going to die young. Let's not break our bones. Let's not do things that could prevent us from enjoying it for the rest of our lives. Instead, let's direct it to God. Let's say, God, you are the creator of all of this and actually see how it might be an invitation of him to say, I want you to know a different aspect of me that maybe you haven't considered before. So what do we do with our inner urge to experience the world around us? Here are some thoughts. Maybe write these down. Number one, acknowledge and feed it. Acknowledge that urge and feed that urge. Like that comes from inside of you and it's saying, come and experience the world that I've created and know me through it. Number two, allow those experiences to draw you to God. 
I've said this before. I know every one of us experienced the world in different ways, so you don't have to experience it like me, but I truly do believe that there is a door waiting for us to walk through that when we see a beautiful sunset or a, a vista or maybe even just a city. I remember in college, my wife and I were in Lakeland, Florida, not the prettiest of places in the, in the world, I can tell you. But there were lakes all over the place, and there was one lake that you look across, and there was a power plant. This is so weird. People are probably going to think I'm crazy. But I remember at nighttime, we would sit down, and the, the power plant was lit up with, you know, orange lights. And you couldn't see the steel frame anymore. There was, you know, you couldn't see the smoke or any of the frame that would make the power plant. And now, instead, it was just like a grid, a vertical and horizontal grid of lights lighting up the sky. And then they would reflect off of the water. It was beautiful. I remember so many times sitting there on a Tuesday night in the middle of like finals week or something, whatever it was, and just sitting there going, this is gorgeous. Look what God created. And yeah, I know that man built this power plant, right? But the reality of it is, is in that moment, I was able to see. And I was actually, somehow it connected to God. You created the capability to make this. And only you could turn something that is ugly during the day into something beautiful like this at night. So whatever it is for you, allow those experiences to draw you to God. Number three, get a wider perspective. Begin to see the world around you. And as you experience bigger things or more things or different things, it shows you, like Heather was talking about in the giving moment about the water, right? Like now when we look at a clear bottle of water, I can't help but look at this and thank God for it. It happened to me last year. I remember, I remember turning on the hot water, doing dishes, and just, just being thankful for the hot water because I had gone to India and I had seen how there was dirty water, how there was bacteria in there, whatever. Like, it gave me a wider perspective on the world around me. And number four, enjoy it. Rejoice in God and His beauty. And take your time with life. You don't have to, yeah, we only get to live once, but that doesn't mean you have to live it all now. You know, take your time. Allow God to walk you through the world. So, Instead of being born to run, let's be born to experience God's creation and allow those experiences to know him in a more deep way and allow them to shape us into the people who enjoy life are in the awe of the world around us and really how it all points to him. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.